Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Mitchell, and I'm excited to share part two of our Stewarding Community episode with Jason Neal. If you haven't had a chance to catch part one, I'd encourage you to go back and give it a listen. There's a ton of insight, just great application from Jason as we apply stewardship to this idea of community. Also, just want to remind you as a save the date, May 23rd is our bonus episode that will be coming out. There's a few important updates that we'd like to share with you guys that we're excited for the direction of the podcast and want to pass those things along. So without waiting any longer, here's part two of Stewarding Community with Jason Lee. feel like as we continue to or as I continue to ask questions we continue to talk about this there almost there almost comes this level of you know with everything it's like well maybe like that mm-hmm. that could be the case or mm-hmm. it could be this other thing so it almost seems like there's not this set checklist of you know here's what community has to look like if you do these five things mm-hmm. like you're on your way or you know whatever that is right right no there there, there isn't a five-step program or 10-step program that, <laughs> that I know of. Um, it, it is an emptying of yourself. Sure. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 um, says to, uh, in view of God's mercy, mm-hmm. because we see, uh, you know, therefore by the mercies of God, because we've received the mercies of God, we want to offer ourselves as living sacrifice, yeah. holy and acceptable to him. And it says this is our spiritual act of worship, or some translations would read this is our reasonable service. It's mm-hmm. reasonable. And then right after that, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but <clears throat> you know, don't don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed yeah. by the renewing of our minds. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His yeah. good, perfect, and pleasing will. So I think if anybody's looking for God's will in community, and that's exactly what I've tried to say already, you need, there's there's a program there. Finding God's will in anything. And it's outlined for us how to find God's will. Step one, think about how merciful God's been to you. Sure. And respond to that yep. by offering yourself as a living sacrifice. Yeah. Crawl up on the altar and say, Lord, what can I give you? Sure. Not because I'm earning anything or because I want, I, I want your favors, but what can I give you because I'm grateful for your mercy? Yeah. Offer, you know, what can I give you? Not instead of, oh, what do I have to give? Or what, do you, what are you going to take from me? <laughs> and what can yeah. I give you? And you know what? Look around the world that you find yourself in and realize what Jesus said, that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. Mm-hmm. And don't conform to the patterns of the world. Don't go looking to the world, uh, the, the, the unbelievers, for definitions and ideas of, of what, how you're supposed to spend your time and live. Yeah. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God renew you through the scriptures, through prayer, of other believers, and then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Yeah. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah. And I think anybody who's listening to this or considering any aspect of God's will, anybody looking for community, if they're not a living sacrifice, so that goes back to examine yourself. Yeah. If you're not a living sacrifice, if you're not like actively trying to not conform, you know, stay away from the patterns of this world and, and just offering yourself sacrificially. God owns you. I don't know how you'd ever know about anything, let alone sure. community. 
Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, we've, we've done a lot of talking about community as defining it, you know, how does, how do you know, you know what it should look like, what are things, you know, it's not a checklist. It's kind of this, I guess you could call it kind of a gray thing mm-hmm. of, you know, it can, it can take a lot of different shapes and forms and, but, but being a part of it is kind of vital, I would say. Um, so I'm curious, how can you tell if you're actually a part of a community, if you're kind of doing a self-assessment and looking at the things that you have going on in the le- on your, in your life, the people that you're in, you know, connection with, whether that's coworkers, family, um, maybe it's a kind of a social group of people. How can you, yeah, how can you test that and say, is this community or is this just acquaintances coming together? I'd be curious just to get hmm. some of your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't always rely on proximity. Sure. Right. If you go to a movie theater, mm-hmm. you might be watching the same movie as a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. But you didn't go there together. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're watching the same show together. And so, you know, you might find yourself in the same uh, auditorium on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, watching the same presentation. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean you went there together or yeah. that you are together. Yeah. Uh, in in the in the sense of you know fellowship so fellowship koinonia uh, sharing of life yeah. um, what overlap of life do you really have mm. you know are you you know are you people that do you live together do you live life together do you share life together or do you meet together sure you know when I've been part of Christian community before you know there's questions that don't make any sense sure how long have you guys been meeting together I mean what if the, Huh? Like yeah. as if as if meeting together is what defines yeah. community. Yeah. So is that the definition of community in the Bible? Mm. People who gather together to do religious things together. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's what the Bible says. Sure. Um, you know, so did Jesus do that? You know, did Jesus have is that how his disciples, if that you know, Matthew twenty eight, the Great Commission, right? Yeah. Go and make disciples of all nations. You know, the disciples have to be thinking, hmm, how do you make disciples? <laughs> right? Yep. It's like, uh, okay, we need to do what he's been doing to us yeah. for the last three years. You know? yep. And it wasn't, you know, let's, start a, let's start a Tuesday night Bible study. Yeah. All right, guys, let's pass out flyers and let's meet with people every Tuesday night and go through Deuteronomy with them. Yeah. That's, that probably didn't enter their mind, you know? Yeah. Um, they lived life. Yeah. So how do you know you have community? Well, do you just meet together? Then if you have community, it would be very basic, low-level, you know, like, like my basketball community. Sure. It would be low-level community. So yep. how do you know you really have it? you got to look at the scriptures. got to look at what, what, how did Jesus live and uh, see if you live that way. Yeah. See if, uh, you know, brother and sister, is it theoretical or is it practical? Would, sure. would an unbiased outsider look at you and go, oh, are you guys related? Sure. You know, yeah. You know, not, not based on looks, but like, oh, you're yeah. always together. You know, you're, you know, are you related? Yeah. That would be a, you know, that's one of the things Jesus said, don't, don't, the world will know you're my disciples by the love you have for each other. Yeah. They're going to see it. Yep. And now everybody says, you know, everybody's loving. You know, if there's a, if there's a death in the, family of somebody at yeah. church they'll, they'll rally together and get meals delivered 
Yeah. So, absolutely. That's great. Wonderful. Yeah. But that's not a regular course of life. Right. You know, it's, it's when there's a big event that pops up on the radar, the church usually rallies and, and does that. Sure. But the everyday, just normal, breaking bread from house to house and praying together, being devoted, and, seems to be lacking still. Sure. So how do you know if you have community? Just compare with the Bible and see, yep. you know, see what that is and, and, you know, see if maybe you're got it or not. It seems like, and you kind of mentioned this as you were talking about church as far as, you know, everybody sitting there and being of one heart and one accord, mm-hmm. I think is what some translations say in that mm-hmm. passage. And yeah, I mean, I would say like a lot of times that's, that's missing as far mm-hmm. as, you know, you, you know, we, just went through the pandemic and you see, you know, it's almost all new people or, you know, some people are gone and some people are, you know, just because people went through completely differently. Yeah. And I think too, you know, even if I could just jump on a, you said sitting there and, you know, because so often when we think of church, we think of this event to attend. Yeah. And that's not even church. So when I think of church, I don't even think of Sunday morning. Sure. It's not even, that's not, that's a meeting. It's a gathering of the, the, the church. Definitely. But the people, specifically the relationships between the people, that's really the church. Sure. Sure. So maybe then the question is different, but I'll ask it anyways. Um, So, you know, if you have that idea of being, I mean, essentially, to put it into, you know, 2020 or 2021. Mm -hmm. No, I guess it is 2022. I should get it right (laughs) If I'm going to use a year, I better use it. Yeah, I should probably use the right one. So in 2022 language, like everybody being on the same page... I'm curious, you know, as you look at community and the church and kind of putting all those things together and being a part of community, how, how does that play out as far as, you know, being on the same page or you're in a situation where like, wow, we see things very differently. And, you know, I mean, it, I mean, you go back through church history. I mean, it seems like that's how we have all of the different, you know, from a church building perspective, all the different denominations. Because somebody's like, ah, I don't think that's right. I'm going to go start my own thing. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't quite seem like that's the answer to that. But I'd just be curious just to get a, a response. Well, yeah, the the division and stuff. So I think I think being on the same page doesn't necessarily mean having the same opinions about everything. Yeah. Um, Philippians 1, maybe in the 20s, it could be verse 27, <laughs> but uh, somewhere in there, Paul's sure. talking about like, um, guys, only li- live a life worthy uh, of the calling, you know, li- live a life worthy of the, of the gospel. And then whether I come and see you or I hear about you, I'll hear these things about you. I'll hear that you're contending as one man mm. for the faith of the gospel. Um and so there's this this one heart, one soul, one mind, um, one purpose. Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean like cheering for the same sports teams. Sure. Right. Uh, yeah. It doesn't mean enjoying the same desserts or the same toppings on your pizza. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, but what does it mean? It means you have and you are sold out. Your goal in life is to see Christ magnified, mm-hmm. whether that means you dying or not. Mm. And so, what can come against that kind of unity? Yeah. Now, the devil's sneaky. It can happen. Yeah. But um, does doctrinal statement, hey, we signed the same doctrinal statement, does that work? Mm. History, history would say no. 
Right. <laughs> Doesn't work very well. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a better way, and it, it does involve being 100% sold out to Jesus. Yeah. And uh, the, the unity is is great. It's amazing. Yeah. But it doesn't have necessarily to do with the same doctrine per se. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean you can go believe, you know, weird things about Jesus and really... Sure. But we can work things out. Yeah. You know, we can. there's a foundation upon which to work things out. Yeah. If you have deep relationships with people. Right. If you don't have deep relationships with people, then you go and you gather for an hour or two a week, and then you go home with your own opinions for seven days a week. See? Yeah. How how is that going to work? How yeah. are you ever? Your question's a good one. How are you going to ever get on the same page with people? You're, yeah. And the answer is you're not, or at least not with very many. Sure. And yeah, being alone with your own opinions isn't very good. So especially when the Bible says submit to one another. Yeah. How do you really do that in yeah. reality? Not just because they're higher on some org chart. Yeah. That's just not good either. Yeah, because there does seem like, you know, when you're in community with people, I mean, I think a valuable piece of community is different perspectives. We've all got different life yes. experience. We've got all all different stories that we've been through and things that we bring to the table. Right. But it also seems like in today's day and age, if I come with my opinion and someone doesn't agree with my opinion, now all of a sudden, you know, they're my enemy, they're against me, they're all of these things. Right. It sounds like from what you're saying, like, Part of community is knowing that you're not going to be on, you know, exactly the same opinions, exactly the same, like you said, cheering for the same sports team. You right. know, so, okay, so you cheer for Michigan, I cheer for Ohio State. Oh, we, well, we can't be in community anymore. Oh, you should have told me this before, <laughs> before I agreed to this interview. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you start to get your work through some of that stuff and you know, if you if you come at it from this perspective that we've been talking about, it's almost like some of that stuff... First off, it, it's not important, and so that really just needs to be thrown to the side, and right. it is what it is. Right. But there's other things that, really, we need to come and be able to talk about perspective. Absolutely. We need to be able to talk things through yes. to a point that we can come to a point where we are on the same page. And maybe we still don't things, see things exactly the same way, mm -hmm. but maybe we're closer than we were before, right. and we've also walked away from the situation Absolutely. saying, yes, I'll, I will continue to be in community with right. you. So somebody who I'm in community with, sure. um, I'll define that. Sure. Um, I will, I eat with this person usually three, four times a week. Sure. Uh, see him, I don't know, I don't know if I see him seven days a week, but pretty close. Sure. Right. Uh, he has some different, he's more sure about some end times mm. uh, happenings sure. um, than I am. Uh, I'm like, I don't understand a whole lot of sure. how things are going to play out in the future. Yep. <laughs> and so, and, but he's, you know, he's more sure on some things. Yep. Okay, great. You know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been other people that I know who, you know, have less, you know, they're, they're there's, there's a spectrum like free will predestination. Sure. You know? What is that? You know, I mean, do we have free will or not? Yeah. <laughs> like right now, couldn't I just get up out of this chair and run upstairs and scream? 
I feel like I could right. <laughs> if I wanted to, yep. you know, but I, I don't know, maybe would God stop me? You know, so, so there's a, sure. is, is there free will? And then there's, then there's also, I mean, we've been predestined in Christ before the foundation of the world. Yeah. And how's that all work together? Right. Yeah. So can you fellowship with people who are differing in their understanding of these things? Yeah. Well, I hope I can because I sure don't understand predestination and free will very well at all. Yeah. And there have been people way smarter than me for hundreds of years on all different kinds of sides and nuances of this. And, you know, so I, I guess, you know, I haven't found any barriers like that. Sure. Um, between people in community that's based, you know, on Jesus and love and devotion to him. They will die for you. Sure. And they will die for him in a yep. heartbeat. Yeah. It's whew, hard to hard to imagine separating because you don't understand such and such sure. or, or this or that. Usually, usually there's going to be some other things that will separate: mm. pride, sin, mm. um, immorality. You know, there, there's going to be sure. there's going to be some stuff like that 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 will sin, that will separate. Okay. Uh, in in my experience. Yeah. Definitely. And so like there, there was, there was some people I was in community with and, uh, they were having some, uh, interesting bad, uh, some false doctrines. Mm. There's even false prophecies made. Mm. Uh, this will happen. Thus yeah. saith the Lord. And it didn't happen. So you take the Bible and say, um, the Bible says, uh, <laughs> that if this yeah. happens, you shouldn't be afraid of this prophet and it's false prophecy, you know? Yep. And, uh, wouldn't listen. And so we're like, well, let's let's ask others, you know, what they think. No, 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 no I don't want to ask anybody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. The the thing that that helps solve problems is community. Yeah. Uh, sin problems. Yeah. That and sin is what divides. Yeah. So Matthew eighteen, right? If a brother's in sin, you can go and show him yeah. your fault just between the two of you. Keep it on the down low. Don't go spreading anybody's faults. If they won't listen, take one or two others. Yep. And if they won't listen to one or two others, then you tell, tell it to the church. And if they won't listen to even the church, treat them like an unbeliever and a, uh, treat them like an unbeliever or a tax collector. Yeah. So unity is not to be preserved at all costs. There is yeah. actually a time disunity is the is the prescription with somebody like that. Yeah. You can't be unified, and Definitely. you shouldn't be unified. So you know, and again, community was vital. Yeah. In helping, um, in in Matthew eighteen there. Yeah. I mean, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, as you're, you're just talking that through and I mean, we, Brooke and I, as you know, we've been kind of walking through different things and mm-hmm. even looking at, you know, helping people monetarily, mm-hmm. you start to look at that and say, <clears throat> if we could take some of these people and put them in a community, or if you knew them mm-hmm. to be able to come alongside them and, and oh, yeah. help them or, you know, whether it, if they're having <laughs> yeah. problems, you know, with budgeting or, or whatever got them to where they're at, where they need money, right. community is going to be the thing that really transforms them because anything other than that is really just going to be a handout. And who's not to say that in a year or two, they're not going to be in the exact same position again. So I right. think, yeah, I mean, that's so true as far as community. There, it, it has kind of a broad application and so many things that it can help. Right. And... Yeah, I mean, it, it just makes a ton of sense from, from what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Um, so I'm curious, you know, we've talked a lot about what community is, what it's not, how to get to that, you know, 
that it's not a checklist. It is this gray area. I'm, I'm curious just to kind of, you know, wind down the conversation. What would you say is the result of being in community? Uh, the result in, in being in community is uh, you're, you, you mature yeah. as a Christian. Um, you know, somebody said, well, is it, is it enough to just me and Jesus and my Bible? Mm. Is that enough uh, to mature me? Not according to the Bible. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is personal Bible study enough for growth? Not according to the Bible. Yeah. You know, Ephesians 4, you know, there's gifts that are, that are there, and, and it talks about the, how the church yeah. grows as every part is doing its work. Yeah. Every part has to be doing its work. So is it enough to have a, uh, a sermon a week? Is that, enough? Is that good enough for spiritual growth? I'm not, I'm not saying you're not going to grow at all. But is that going to bring you to where God wants you? Well, not according to the Bible. Sure. Because everyone, read 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. That's the passages that talk about the gifts and the body parts. Yeah. And we have a body. So everybody has the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for what? The common good. Yeah. And that's one of the, in, in typical churches today, a few people's gifts are overemphasized. Yeah. And everybody else's is underemphasized. You're not going to have a, a healthy community in, in that setting. Sure. And so the result of that is going to be stunted growth. Yeah. The result of good community, Christ-centered, spirit-filled, devoted to the apostles' teaching and prayer. It's not devoted to only community yeah. and to fellowship. You yeah. know, it's not this overemphasis on community. We're talking about community a lot simply because that's the topic today, right, but right. you can't overemphasize community and just undervalue prayer and a, a devotion to the apostles' uh, yeah. teaching. So, but anyway, you'll have a healthy, healthy body. Yep. Um, it, it would be very unhealthy if my biceps were really, really overdeveloped, <laughs> but I couldn't walk very well. It's like, man, that guy's huge. Yeah, but he can't stand. <laughs> like, like what? That's a problem, right? Yes. Isn't that a problem? It's a great mental picture. (laughs) Yeah. So this huge guy is sitting in a chair and he looks monstrous, but then he can't stand up because he doesn't exercise his legs ever. (laughs) And it's atrophy. In uh, high school, lifting weights, there was always this saying, you know, don't skip leg day. And I mean, that's like the quintessential. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what's going on spiritually. Yeah. And it's like trying to grow an orange tree in Alaska. Yeah. You're not going to get much fruit. Yeah. The environment that we're supposed to grow in is the church. Yeah. Jesus said, I will build my church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Yeah. He didn't say, I'm going to have a whole army. I'm going to have individual people. I mean, read. How often was Paul alone? Just read the book of Acts. Read all his letters that he signed. It's usually people with him. Right. Why? Well, there's a reason why. And it's it's a safeguard for us. Yeah, and it's a, be built up. Yeah, by strengthened by one another. That's great. Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Yep. Encourage one another. Strengthen one another with these words. Mm. You know, Colossians three sixteen through seventeen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's one another. So the result of community will result in spiritual maturity, loving Jesus more. Loving one another more. It's like the snowball. It keeps growing, 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 growing. That's great. 
that's yeah, such a good picture to be able to walk away from this conversation and say, you know, that's that's what we're going for. I mean, if we're truly sold out for Jesus yeah. and glorifying his kingdom and making sure that he gets the glory and not me, mm-hmm. we're gonna be able to see those things and we're truly gonna be able to experience that and this might just be a hot take off the top of my head, mm-hmm. but um, just based on kind of the, the response that you had there about the church and not the orange tree in Alaska, I think that's yeah. just a great... I, I do so well with word pictures, I guess, is what it comes <laughs> I to. I got that from a friend of mine. The See, there's community again. There it is. <laughs> but I'm curious, you know, do, do you have a thought on, you know, okay, so maybe the church building, gathering on a Sunday morning, it's not the answer to spiritual maturity necessarily. I'm curious if you have a response to say, like, maybe this is the direction that things should go, because it seems like a lot of people are asking those questions these days. Well, yeah, I mean, the church is very, very important, but then again, you just got to define it. Right, (laughs) yes. You know, so the church is, we would not want to diminish the church's role, but what is the church? And I think Francis Chan, in, in his book, The Letters to the Churches, mm-hmm. um, he said it pretty well. You know, like, if you, if you did, if you didn't know the Bible at all, mm-hmm. and you had a Bible drop down from heaven, and you read it, would you then go, oh my goodness, we better start something this Sunday mm-hmm. from 10 to noon. Sure. We got to rent a space, set up rows, and somebody's, somebody needs to give a speech every week. And it's going to be the same guy every week. And, you know, and, and then, we'll, well, we should have three, three songs and then a speech and then two songs and then yeah. prayer. Or, then, oh, we should, prayer is good, so let's pray at the beginning too. Yeah. And while every head's bowed and eyes closed, we'll reset the stage. You know, mm-hmm. there's no way you get all that. You yeah. don't get that way of functioning. Does that mean that a 45-minute speech is wrong? No. Yeah. But how did that become... The center point, yeah. The center focus of what "quote unquote" church is, yeah. Close your mind and, and honestly define church. What is church? People drive down the streets, even though they know church is not a building, right? Yeah. They'll look, wow, that's a big church. What? What'd you just say? <laughs> <laughs> you say that, 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 that's not a church. Yeah. That's a religious building, a building yeah. erected for religious purposes. Yeah. That's not a church. So yeah, that's a problem. You know, we, we got to, you know, here we are, sola scriptura, right? Yeah. Everything we do is because the Bible says. Well, I question that. Sure. I think, you know, and maybe you take liberties, right? Well, uh, just because we do it, is it bad? Uh, maybe. Maybe sure. not. But just because, do, do we get to do whatever we want with God's church then? And we can structure it. Every single quote-unquote church in America seems to be structured pretty similarly. Yeah. One main guy yeah. giving these speeches every week. Yeah. And how did it get to be that way if it's not a command in Scripture? Mm. Could be a tradition. Yeah. Um, that, I don't know. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. That's great. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I am always encouraged that when we have conversations about all things scripture just because you have so much of it just right on the the tip of your tongue which is so so encouraging it also makes me want to go spend some more time in my bible but um can you give us just kind of like a final takeaway or maybe a couple points that you know if somebody just caught the tail end of this conversation um you won't be some good takeaways for them um anybody just tuning in you gotta stop playing games with jesus 
Yeah. And your life is either about him or it's not. Mm. You're, you are going to spend your life. You're going to use your time, use your money, use your resources. And an unbiased observer is going to look at how you use those things and conclude. And you're going to conclude that, man, this guy is obsessed. He is a worshiper. Yeah. That's what worshipers are. They are obsessed with the object of their worship. Yeah. And you're worshiping something. You're either worshiping God or you're worshiping yourself or the devil, world, whatever. whatever. Yeah. So that's the number one thing is, I mean, abandoned. Are you abandoned to Jesus and his purposes? Yep. Is your life his or is it your own? Yep. What rights do you think you have? Lay them all down, crawl up on the altar, forsake everything, offer your body as a living sacrifice, let him transform you by the renewing of your mind, and you'll be shocked and amazed at where he'll take you. That's great. That's great. Well, Jason, why don't you leave us with a little bit of, you know, if somebody wanted to get to know you and what you're up to and some of these thoughts that you're throwing out there, where can they find you? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you could, uh, if you wanted to contact me, you could, uh, uh, you could look at my website. I don't really maintain it a whole lot. It's called churchesnotabuilding.com. Um, uh, probably a more thorough, better website or some friends of mine, jesuslifetogether.com. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could shoot me an email at, uh, obeygod at hotmail.com. Okay. So. Perfect. Well, Jason, it's been a pleasure to have you on, and I'm sure there's a lot more conversations (laughs) that we could have in the future, and yeah, this has been great. Yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Stewardship Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd encourage you to leave us a review. Reviews help us to continue to grow and to reach more people as we continue to grow the podcast. Also, don't forget to connect with us on social media. You can find the podcast on Facebook or connect with Andrew on LinkedIn. Lastly, a reminder, don't forget May 23rd, we're doing our bonus episode with a lot of exciting updates. You won't want to miss that. Until next time, be a good steward.